Hello, my name's Jack Howard and welcome to The Screen Test, the show where we take a bunch of our favourite films and TV shows and put them through a series of rounds to decide definitively and officially which is the greatest of all time. Ooh! This energy, I love it. It's sink or swim time. Oh my god. <laughs> He's going for the jugular. Can we take points away for sucking up to the judge here? I am sucking up. I feel attacked. Dude, this is not even going to be a fight. Ooh. I'm coming in like, Arnie, I'm shooting for everyone this time. Joining me on my quest is chief film critic of The Independent, Clarice Lockery. We have critic and journalist Hannah Flint. Hello. And of course, we have the armchair critic to end all armchair critics, voice of the people, greatest hair of all time. It's Bam. Hey, that's right. The people's cramp back in the building. Let's go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and not only are you trying to win my approval, which obviously is enough, but also you're trying to win this trophy... Ooh, come on. Ooh. Ooh. That's great. I love it. I could add to my collection. Come on, don't get arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching some great sci-fi films recently on Prime, obviously. And on there we have Ex Machina and The Terminator. And like The Terminator, like the T-800, I can't be reasoned with. I can't be bargained with. And I don't feel pity or remorse or fear. And I absolutely will not stop ever until I find what the best sci-fi film is. So you three specifically have got to help me are you up for it yeah yes nice. yes i can <laughs> do Done. this I'm affirmative so this <laughs> a sci-fi movie is a little bit easier to define than what we did last time which is a disaster film however let's go through the picks clarice what's your what's your pick for favorite sci-fi movie well as we all know the best of all the sci-fi is star wars I th this is not even going to be a fight. But, of course, I, it's a little bit harder because everyone has their favourite Star Wars movie, but I just went for mine, which is Empire Strikes Back. But this is, this is the question I want to ask. Is Star Wars sci-fi or is it space fantasy? Does it matter? Well, I, it is space fantasy, but that has always been a subgenre of sci-fi to me. Because I'm, I'm just being a stinker. I, I completely think it's sci-fi. <laughs> no, like, people say this, and I always get a bit confused by it because it's like the entire point of science fiction is to like imagine a world kind of like our own, but the technology is way more advanced. How would that impact our lives? And that is kind of what Star Wars is. But it's set in the past. Yeah, like it's technically <laughs> set in the past because George Lucas is a little troll. Uh, <laughs> Hannah, really what's your pick? Future. Uh, my pick, I mean, Red Pill, Blue Pill, The Matrix, that's all I got. I mean, come on. Like, Bam. I mean, should we go home now? <laughs> I've gone with Total Recall. Um, I'm taking it back for all of the Arnie fans. This time I've, I've, I'm not playing around. Um, and honestly, out of the three selections right here, this is the movie that's going to win today. Um, oh. Star Wars isn't even in the runnings. Let's be honest with ourselves. Like um, <laughs> fighting talk, yeah, straight Clarice. up. If we go in from the top, like firstly you picked Empire, which isn't even the best in the in the free free Ooh. movies. Like, so I'm just wouldn't you say that, that it, out there? Wouldn't you say that like it kind of is the fan favorite? I hey. would say it's traditionally the fan favorite, Empire Strikes Back. Hey, you can't trust Star Wars fans for anything. <laughs> Firstly, True. We figured so. that out recently. And secondly, <laughs> let's, let's just establish the rules right here. If you're talking about the Empire on its own, you might as well just call it 
the Empire Strikes because that's the only way it's going to make sense from the get-go, you know? There ain't no striking back if you ain't seen the first movie. It makes no sense. You picked a very weird choice for this one. So I'm going to see how you can float. It's sink or swim time, you know? He's coming. For, he's going for the yeah, jugular. Yeah, you, hey, you, you came for that. Hannah in the start of episode <laughs> one. Best, like, sci-fi. Not, I'm not, like, providing this to an alien civilization. I'm coming in with the assumption people are probably... Hey, you gotta argue why this film as a standalone is the best sci-fi movie. It's not about the franchise, because if that's the case, then The Matrix is looking kind of shaky too. And I'm talking about The the Matrix 2 and The Matrix... I'm saying if we're counting things as a franchise, then you'd have to include Well, if we're going to do that, we're going to include your reboot. No, 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 no. If we're talking about a a standalone movie... Total Recall's got hey, this. Yeah, because it wasn't good enough to get a sequel. <laughs> Ooh! Oh, I, I, fair also, enough. That was a good comeback. Fair, I'm appreciating that. On, on, you say that, like, sorry, I'm uh, not to, Go get, ahead. to bang, gang up on you, Bam. But hey, bring it hey, Bam's said, coming in hard. You know, it, any of those Star Wars movies, it has the opening crawl exactly for the purpose to contextualize exactly what's going on. So you don't need to watch the first film. You can just watch Empire and know exactly what happened. You might know all the gory details, but it's enough to get through. Like the same with the opening of um, A New Hope. You have the crawl because a load of stuff Even has Even the happened. opening of Blade Runner has a, has a little bit of context yeah, to figure yeah. out what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also... Um, no, do not come from the Matrix. Hey. Right, look, we've got a whole like 40 minutes to get into this and mate, you're coming last again. So. Uh, I'm coming in like, Arnie, I'm shooting for everyone this time, okay? Bam, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I appreciate this, this energy, I love it. Let's get into the first round though, it's the IMDB rating. So what do we think is highest to lowest? This is a difficult one, I think. Clarice, what do you think? Empire Strikes Back, I think, would be number one. As you said, it's it is a fan favorite, and it's sort of the most universally agreed upon best Star Wars film. So I'll go number one for that. It's really tough. I I think maybe two Total Recall and three The Matrix. Interesting. Only because there might be people who just really hated two and three who were coming for one, which right. is unfair, but I'm not, you know, it's a, it's the wild, wild west of IMDb. <laughs> Hannah, what <laughs> there might think? be rogue agents. Um, I, I, I actually, uh, I'm going to back my horse, actually. Uh, I think The Matrix is number one. I think it's, I think it stands on its own. And I think people who... Aren't Star Wars fans like I think Total Recall? I think that's last. Like I actually really love that film, but I think it's a too bit too kitsch for some people. And I don't. I mean, as much as like Arnie, like I don't know. It's just a too campy. Doesn't it, he's not really. There's not really a lot going on there that's like pushing anything forward. Matrix number one, Empire Strikes Back number two, Total Recall number three. Bam, what do you think? Uh, I'm gonna say that it's probably like Empire is gonna stand up in this round. It's gonna it's gonna win the IMDb situation. I feel like Matrix will probably come in second place, but my like wild card prediction is that Matrix and Total Recall are probably going to have a similar re- like it's going to be like by by a hair if anything, <laughs> but I reckon that they're probably going to be placed in a similar position because um for reasons that I'll explain as we get on. But one thing I think is really nice here is that I've got Clarice already doubting The Matrix based on the two sequels that we're not even discussing. So I'm already in here implanting memories in other people's minds and moving <laughs> forward in the whole competition. Yeah, so. well, Clarice is not the judge. Jack is, and I think he's better than allowing 
other films to influence the what we're talking about well, here. Well, I should hope so. Uh, can, can we let's take points away for sucking I'll... up to the judge here? I <laughs> up. Everyone's got really competitive nature in this one. Right, well, let's find out who the winner is going to be. The points will go to the person who's chosen the film with the highest IMDb rating. So let's find out. Alexa, what does Total Recall have on IMDb? Total Recall has an IMDb rating of 7.5 out of 10. Okay, we got a 7.5 for Total Recall. Alexa, what rating does Empire Strikes Back have on IMDb? The Empire Strikes Back has an IMDb rating of 8.7 out of 10. 8.7 for The Empire Strikes Back, and here we go. What do we think? Is it going to be 8.7? Alexa, what rating on IMDb does The Matrix have? The Matrix has an IMDb rating of 8.7 out of 10. Well. Wow. 8.7 for both The Matrix and The Empire Strikes Back. All right, since there's no last place, I'll give you, although you are last, Bam, but technically but, uh, come on, man. second because <laughs> there's a joint first. Um, I'll give three points each to The Empire Strikes Back and to The Matrix and two points to Total Recall. Uh, fair? Fair. Okay, the second round is cast. I think all of your movies are a strong contender for the best cast. There's great ensemble picks. There's great individual picks. There's even moments where somebody was supposed to play the role and then was replaced by somebody who I think is ultimately a better choice. Convince me. Bam, we're going to start with you. And Arnie, tell me about cast in, in Total Recall. Look, if you need somebody to carry an entire movie on their shoulders, yeah? There's no one bigger. Arnie, Arnie is your guy. He's the sci-fi king. When you think about it, the sci-fi action king. I know we were speaking earlier when we spoke about Independence Day and Will Smith went on to do a bunch of sci-fi movies. Arnie was doing all of this when Will Smith was a nobody, right? He was starring in such great movies. Like you can, There's multiple contenders that I could have went with for best sci-fi and they all have Arnie in when you think about it. You could have chosen The Predator. You could have chosen The Terminator series. You could have thrown in Running Man just for the fun of it. But I went with Total Recall because what we need to discuss at some point, I think I'll do it in the, car, in the craft round is but when we're talking about an actual sci-fi movie total recall ticks all of the boxes and then some right and not only is it a great sci-fi movie because of the premise of the movie but it also manages to be a great arnie movie which are a genre in their own right as well um the thing about arnie is you know he's going to turn up with his own personal pun writer i know for some people that's always going to put you off the movie but i think having sharon stone as supporting cast was a good good little choice for um his wife moving forward um but overall this this is one of those movies that actually stands above his own collection, which is very, very strong as it goes anyway, and still punches heavily into the sci-fi genre as well as still staying, as I said, an Arnie movie, which means you're going to get a lot of blood and guts, some great puns, a lot of shootouts. But at the same time, it's one of the few movies that will leave you questioning what is life itself years before The Matrix. But we'll talk about that a bit later. For now, I don't need to say anything more than Arnie carried this with his huge shoulders. What a guy. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. All right. Okay, Clarice, it like you had something to say. I will say, I, I feel like this is a very controversial opinion, but because we're trying to fight this out, I'm going to offer my controversial Total Recall opinion. Do it. That because for me, like it is an adaptation of a Philip K. Dick story. And for me, a lot of the, I mean, that hardcore sci-fi, like predictive element of his storytelling, you really kind of need someone you relate to because it's it's sort of about, 
injecting the fear of like what if what if we had total recall and and the sort of uncertainty of the future and so for me like I would thinking of Blade Runner like Harrison Ford is such a perfect choice for that story and that adaptation of a Philip K. Dick story because I mean yeah like Harrison Ford is the action guy but you kind of relate to him because he's a little bit of a, a dumbass like on screen not in real life <laughs> like you know he's kind of like a bit of pace and he's not he's not really got it together in that movie and I think he's a lovable so rogue yeah and it, it's so easy to relate to him into the fear of the unknown of not but you can't relate Am to Arnie. android no no <laughs> you can't relate to Arnie yeah. what do I have Bam, in common do you relate with to Arnie? Arnie I mean yeah. mentally I am Arnie you know so physically I'm Arnie yeah exactly I am nothing I am, we have nothing in common I'm sorry Clarice, but it works about the perfectly for, you, for the story We'll oh, for start. I mean, Har- we got Harrison. We got Harrison Ford. <laughs> so we've got Harrison. <laughs> I mean, what's interesting about Empire Strikes Back is that is kind of watching that central trio of of Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, uh, Harrison Ford in that that second run together when A New Hope had had sort of made them the big names. That, and that let's not forget today. as well one of the most iconic voices in villain history. James Earl Jones, yeah, and and Billy D. Williams. I mean, this is the thing. I it's the thing with the Star Wars movies. It's the sort of ensemble. Also, sorry, it, Frank Oz Frank as well Oz. coming in to do Yoda. Honestly, like his performance as Yoda is one of my favorite things about Empire Strikes Back because it's the way that you know when you first meet him, and I I know that. Yoda is not technically a Muppet because he was not created by the Jim Henson <laughs> Company. But in spirit, in spirit and yeah. soul, Yoda <laughs> is a Muppet because you first see him and he's bap like a log and he's... I think a Muppet... You know when you call someone a Muppet for being a bit of a Muppet? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's what I'd, I'd call Yoda a bit of a Muppet. He is. He has the essence of Muppet to him. And so for the first like five minutes of him meeting Luke and he's been a little troll and he's eating his food, he's thinking in it, he's playing around with R2-D2 and you think, what is this weird little tiny idiot? And then the second that he snaps into Jedi Master mode and that little shift in Frank Oz's voice is so beautiful and perfect to me because I, I think my favorite scene from All Vampire Strikes Back is him lifting the X-Wing out of the swamp and the simplicity to it. And and, and being able to see that amount of emotion on a yes. puppet's face. And when Luke says, I don't believe it, and Yoda's like, that's it is why you'll fail. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the sort of like Buddha-esque essence to this little Muppet and the fact that he can be both things at once, which is the stuff I didn't like about the prequels is that it, for, it kind of forgot that Yoda is a, a little troll. And I like that the troll element came back in The Last Jedi. I completely agree. Hannah, tell me about the cast in The Matrix. Well, I mean, what a different movie this would be. Would it be the great movie that we celebrate as if it had the original picks for it? You know, Will Smith was originally... Val Kilmer, correct? Yeah, well, Will Smith, yeah. It was like, um, uh, first it was Will Smith they wanted, but he didn't like, he was like, um, bullet time. I can't, I can't see it. And the cast sees, yeah, they did a small little indie film. 
I think can they pull it Smith off? not want to do another sci-fi after doing both Independence Day and no. also doing Well, uh, he well, <laughs> he did Wild Wild West, which is kind of like the steampunk <laughs> sci-fi, so I what don't think it was about was. the sci-fi. No, it's because he didn't uh he didn't understand the concept um of the bullet time. He he I think he said he was like they explained it to me and I didn't get it and I think he also wasn't confident in um, the Wachowskis being able to achieve such a feat what they what they had in mind when I think bound or like they hadn't done many they were like a little indie film director so he didn't trust it and he didn't believe it I mean obviously I think one of the things he said is that like I'm glad I didn't get it yeah. because Keanu Reeves and like Reeves I'm you know Keanu Reeves I mean what He's so. You look. You think these cast members? You just can't imagine anyone else playing them at all. I mean, Keanu Reeves. I think you know having that kind of uh, that wide-eyed boyish person being your lead um, was so effective to really hammer home like this kind of messiah, all the religious philosophical means uh, things in it. But also, I think you know. I don't. We don't, don't we talk about it that much because. But like, as you know, someone who's got Asi- Asian heritage, I think that's also you know look at the cast like Asian heritage for the for for the lead actor with Keanu then you've got like Morpheus played by Lawrence Fishburne who again like you know you know we can talk about later on about the impact but like Lawrence Fishburne obviously we've you know he's been in some amazing he was in Apocalypse Now you know he was in um Boys in the Hood like he's he's been this amazing character actor he's like popped up you know in different films this was the I think probably one of the I really think this established showed exactly what authority he has Morpheus Neo and Trinity like they are the holy trinity that keep this whole film together Carrie Ann Moss like just truly brilliant just she just I think they're just so understated I think it's for a sci-fi film that has such big ideas the performances are very understated they're not melodramatic everything's delivered with such sincerity and careful precision honestly I think this is a really really difficult one to call but I have to um and I may be showing my bias a little bit here because Star Wars for me is something that I've grown to like. It was not something that I loved when I was young, but it's something I definitely appreciate its its place. I think that Total Recall clearly wouldn't be the same without Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. I think that he is the perfect choice for that movie. And we've seen that it doesn't work without him. When you put somebody else in that main role, it just becomes bland and you need something that's a bit more out there. It doesn't, not everything Clarice needs to be the lovable rogue of Harrison Ford. When you put something a bit more, you know, cartoony in there, it can kind of work. You you guys need free characters, right? Arnie just needs him and his two guns and he's ready to go. Well, that is three characters, right? Exactly. So I I think I'm going to give three points to the matrix, two points to the empire strikes back and one point to total recall. I think that the matrix just wouldn't be the same. Like imagine Will Smith being in that main role. It just wouldn't, it wouldn't be what it is without Keanu Reeves. So that, that's what my, that's what my, um, uh, my rating is. So let's have a look at the scores at the moment. The Matrix is leading the way with six and the empire strikes back with five and total recall is on three, but don't worry. We've still got some rounds to go. Round three is memorable scenes. Now, all three of your movies have really fantastic moments that stand out. Several. But see if you can pick just one that you think stands out above all the rest. I'm going to start with Bam and Total Recall. All right, we're going to keep it simple. Get ready for a surprise, okay? When we see Arnie, first he appears as this big old ginger lady right <laughs> and get stuck just saying two weeks two weeks two weeks and the reason i picked this scene is because the breakdown of the face into arnie 
is done so well. Considering that this film is done in 1990, it's done so well. They have a fair few bits throughout most of this movie where it's like really good practical effects, especially at the time. But I think it's, it would either be between this and again the other faces where you see him like expo exploding in, uh, in the Mars sequence. But I think this one's a lot more memorable because it's such a transformation in that moment. Plus, I'm pretty sure I've heard a lot of people sample Get Ready for a Surprise in like dance music and other such things because it's a, it's a very good sound bite. But yeah, I think that's one moment that I'm not going to say Total Recall has a bunch of memorable moments. It's got a bunch of memorable puns and other situations. Like it stays in your head for a different reason to any just one moment. But um, that, as far as it goes, especially for like watching that for the first time, even as as a as a child, which I shouldn't have been doing at the point in time anyway. <laughs> but that point in time, you know, 1990, you're still sort of in that 80s era. Practical effects are like being pushed to as best as they can at the time. And I think this is one that really stands out before we move into that realm where it's like, you know, um, you can rely heavily on computer graphics to kind of carry you through. They really had to. There's a good old saying where it's like, if you can get it on camera, then get it on camera, um, as opposed to doing it in post. And I think that is a very, like, throughout Total Recall, it has great examples of that, but that's the one I'm going to go with. I think as well, I've not seen a movie that looks like Total Recall ever again or nope. since. Clarice, out of The Empire Strikes Back, there's so many scenes yeah. that stand out. What is the first one that comes to your mind? that well, makes it your favorite Star Wars film. Look, I know No I Am Your Father is the most famous, but for me, my favorite, well, I kind of ruined it by saying, talking about the Yoda one, but the other one that always gets me every time is I love you, I know. Yeah. Because what I, the reason that I am I'm such a mega fan of Star Wars above any other franchise is because it is so easy to place yourself in that world and think about what your your role in that world would be because the characters are so believable and so relatable and and like you know, I, I see myself as Leia falling for the kind of butthole guy who <laughs> you can't you can't help but fall for. And then at the end, you have this moment of emotional vulnerability and he kind of answers back in a way that he's sort of joking by saying, I know, because he's still trying to be like the cocky Han Solo who, who's too good for anybody. But then the brilliance of Harrison Ford's performance at that moment is you see it in his eyes mm. is... is well, the fear, because he's about to be, like, frozen alive. Uh, <laughs> and you you see the love, the vulnerability, the tenderness, and to have it all in that moment. It's interesting, because the thing with George Lucas, I think Harrison Ford said something about, like, you can direct this stuff, but you can't write it. It's quite famously Harrison Ford's suggestion as well, wasn't it? To, to not yeah. say I love you too. Well, yeah, because I, I think that's that's the beauty of Star Wars is that it's, it's what the actors brought to it and it's what everybody brought to it. And so to have that moment as everything come together and you can kind of see all the characters in that. I even love Chewbacca when he's trying to fight the stormtroopers mm. because Chewbacca just loves <laughs> Hard Solo so much. And, he's like, and, and all the emotions and the passions just in that one moment, which for, for a movie that it's interesting because... You know, there is quite a lot of jokiness to Star Wars and they're going on their silly adventures. They go inside a worm and they're, the <laughs> they're arguing inside of the worm. And so you, you kind of, you're not really thinking about the emotional weight of it until you get to that scene and, and you get to the I know and you go, 
oh, wow, <laughs> I'm really sad about Odd Solo. Because, of course, you know, for people watching it when it first came out, they didn't, like, we know now that he's fine, but they didn't know back then. Not yeah, anymore, and, and maybe we'll talk about this more <laughs> yeah. as well when we get to, like, the legacy part of the discussion. <laughs> um, but the fact that what you were mentioning earlier, like Yoda, when he's just this little goofball when you meet him, I watched it recently with my sister who hadn't seen it for the first time. And she knew that Yoda was a Jedi master, but I'm watching it and I was like, you're not supposed to know yeah. that he is. And she was like, oh, and just one of those things where it's become so ingrained into our, into our pop culture that we just know things about these people mm, without osmosis. even having seen it. And yeah, this is definitely a conversation we'll have later down the line. But speaking of memorable scenes, I mean, this is, I mean, it's difficult to pick one because I think the best way of describing the Matrix is that every scene in it you can parody and yeah. you'll know what yeah. you're referencing. Yeah, and, and it's, it's hard because there are so, I mean, you could pick this moment because <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, you could I mean, the it, fact that I even know what that is. Yeah, like, you know, and it's a shame that, I mean, again, we're getting into legacy now. Here we're getting legacy type shit. But I think, you know, there's the bit where we see, kind of see bullet time. We see Neo first, the the going back, which has probably been the most most parodied thing, right? And he gets it nicked. But I think for me, I think the most, no, not only the most memorable, but the most emotionally impactful in the same way that I think you were talking about with like, I love you, I know, is, you know, Morpheus has been captured and he's at the top of that building. And it's like, he's sat down, he's been beaten, he's been beaten up and all this. And then, and then suddenly you're just waiting for it. You're like, you know, Neo and Trinity are on the they're on their way and there's a helicopter you know the helicopter's coming outside and you see what's so brilliant it's so slow you see the you see the helicopter the propeller chopping through the rain as it falls down you see an angle of seeing every time you see the bullets coming down like literally coming down like the rain and he's like get up Morpheus get up and then you're like he's getting up and you're like then when Lawrence Fishburne like just goes, ah, oh, like gets himself out and he's like running towards, he's not going to make it. And he's got to run to try and get away and get to the window so he can jump out and reach him. He's not going to make it. So then Neo wraps himself around a rope and it jumps out to meet him. And they capture in that moment. It's like, they are like, he thinks Neo's the one. He's put his life on the line for this person. He thinks he's the chosen one. And then it's like, he, Neo's chosen him too. And it's like, no matter what happens, like, you know, there is this big, it's that grounded. There's this bigger fight going on. There's this massive whole thing that they're fighting for. And actually people are expendable, but in the, for them, actually, they're not. Like, he can't do it without... Morpheus and he doesn't want to be the person to leave like the soldier behind and I think that for me is so powerful just the execution the editing just everything about it was just so yeah I just think it just really is magical it's a crescendo isn't it it's it's, yeah. it's building up to certain but then again there in, in the matrix there are so many moments that are like that um the, the moment that Neo literally sees the world yeah as code and they're, they're, everything in it like I said could be parodied and you would know what it's referencing mm. um but I'm gonna pick based on the ones that you have chosen and how I feel about them because I get to decide. <laughs> so I am going to award one point. I'm, I, I feel like I'm picking on Bam. but I mean, but, you always are, but that's why I'm here, isn't it? <laughs> but I, I think you even said it, like there aren't that many like memorable moments the way that there are, I think, in The Matrix and Empire Strikes Back. So I'm going to award one point to Total Recall. I'm going to award two points to the matrix and i'm going to award three points to the empire strikes back i think it's specifically because that scene from the matrix 
isn't one of the ones that jumps to mind for me, but I think the simplicity and the beauty of the scene in The Empire Strikes Back, the I love you, I know, and because as well it's a combination of writing and, and cast and it's just, yeah, it's such they a great moment. They put it on mugs. Let's take a look at the scores. Right now, Total Recall is on four, but The Empire Strikes Back and The Matrix are neck and neck, eight points each. It's all to play for. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, the third round is craft, okay? So this round is where we can get down and dirty and talk all things nerdy, all the technical stuff. If you want to speak about the directing, the cinematography, the music, anything to do with how the film is produced, convince me the best you can. We're going to start with Clarice. Let's talk about, let's talk about The Empire Strikes Back's production. Yeah, I think my my choice for for highlighting of craft is it's kind of hard to to se separate it all, but I would just say in general world building and the work of ILM in creating just the creatures, the set design, the the concept art by Ralph McQuarrie and in how I mean this is why Star Wars is what it is because they create these worlds that feel absolutely complete and lived in and that is why now you know we have the novels and the comics and the tv shows and the endless movies because it feels real and it feels like it has a history and like I, I just love like things when when you when they go to Hoth and you look at the old base and, and the, the way fact that you that even it know seems, that it's called Hoth it's just that level of detail that means that every time I revisit Star Wars, I, I feel and I experience something new because I just, I notice some tiny aspect. I think as well, something that is easy to overlook because it's just universally praised, but Star Wars wouldn't feel like Star Wars without John Williams. Like of he, course, he kind yeah. of just, you hear that and you just, you feel Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's Star Wars works. It's not just because of one person. It's, it's every single element put together. All right. Well, if there's anywhere you're going to shine, Bam, the craft <laughs> of Total Recall. I mean, it's very unique. I mean, okay. Let's let let's start off with the script itself because there, there's been a lot of speakers about the writing and so on and so forth, like with Star Wars. And I'd I'd love to argue, like you know, all of those points put forward are great, and it does do an incredible job world building. But it's solely a space fantasy in that sense there's so much things throughout this script like that if you want to talk, talk about um world building and in the science fiction uh situation you can just list them from the top firstly the whole idea of um total recall like you know one does that it looks at simulation theory because it's not just them implanting memories which by the way they're literally implanting memories into snails as we speak so that's if we're talking about science fiction wins that's a win right there. We're talking about living on Mars. What does Elon Musk want to do? He wants to set up us living on Mars. Like everything that this movie does is embedded in science fiction and it comes from a short story. It's not like a long novel or anything like that. They have still taken extra steps to create this entire world that is completely looking at our current situation and where it could go to. And at the same time, while you have all of that going on, you have all of the sort of mystery and um, confusion that the Matrix creates and furthermore, like I want to talk about this more in Legacy, but all of these tropes 
that have been designed and reused by like some great directors and great movies moving forward, Total Recall is one of the blueprints for all of that. There's even a situation where the guy comes in and he says, I've been implanted into your memory, and if you take this red pill, you'll wake up from it and you can go back to living your life, yeah? Um, there's so much situations throughout the Total there's Recall. There's even a moment in Total Recall where they say something about you don't remember the beginning of beginning of dreams. Yep. You uh, you find yourself waking up right at the, in the middle of it all, which is straight. Yeah. Inception, into Inception. Right there. Like yeah. that's what I mean. So on on a story level, for everyone to just like write it off and be like, you know what, this is just a regular action flick. No, it's that and everything more. And as I'm saying, there's so much things that are heavily embedded in science fiction and it all looks incredibly great there's a use of green screen and blue screen at certain points in time but at the same time you've got all these elements like look right if we're talking about progressive um thinking and so on and so forth um and i know this is a really crude example or whatever dude turns around to arnie and he says have you ever fucked a mutant before i don't think there's so much like for even in the matrix which has so much realm to go on and be super progressive there's so much missed opportunities with characters like switch hold on a second I can you stay in your lane about why is it for why last time everyone was coming after independence day now everyone's coming after the matrix i am i feel attacked nothing if your argument is to like denigrate one movie to make your look better i think you're losing the well I, I, I think <laughs> that what bam's doing is really demonstrating the fact that all the stuff that's becoming extremely popular over time but maybe yeah. found its origins hey, in let, in something like total recall i think this is what i'm you saying you know what i think you know as things go on things are derivative like star wars that is basically you know that's borrowed so much from dune dune borrowed so and much from, from other Gordon cultures and so yeah, on and so forth. there's so much stuff that they borrowed from the matrix no one's saying you know i think when when the reviews came out no one's saying this is like an original concept like the idea of being you is know, our world real well if you think about it like the same year that matrix came out dark city came out which was another film that well was, 1999 was the year of is our reality what we think yeah, it is exactly. like fight club is same thematically as, as the Matrix is. It's about execution, right? And what makes it and what do they bring? So they might be quite similar stories. I mean, you know, you can, you know, the fact is one of the things in Matrix is follow the right rabbit, you know, Alice in Wonderland being, if you're in one world, you're going to another one. It's you a know, story of Christ. Stories, well, look, there's so many themes of it. It's so, there's, there's so many um, different elements that you could say it's borrowed from. I think that's the way cinema is a lot of the time, you know, when you look at how the Matrix Definitely, I agree with you on Total Recall. I love Total Recall, but I want to say, like, how does The Matrix stand up? Because it was a truly <laughs> original delivery of that, those kind of ideas and themes. But I mean, as the points I'm putting forward, I'm just saying, yeah, a, lot, cool, but a like, lot of those like come from directly from Total Recall. It's not like, but it's not you like, know, oh, but we're you taking say that, but you say X, that, but no, Z. but actually, you know, The Matrix, if you're going to say it, it borrows far more from Japanese anime, like it would be nothing without Asian, Asian cinema. It would, you know, look at Ghost in the Shell, you know, the green, The Matrix is basically <laughs> the same code in Ghost in the Shell. You know, even the bullet time, which we I'll talk about in craft, but you know, the guy who did it john gato who's the visual effects guy he said he you know the idea of using still images and you know making them you know pop and making them stand out was like from akira like there's so much influence from so many different places you know look at tarantino films there's so many influences from so different things does that not make it a tarantino film so with the matrix yeah fine total real cool no I'm one's taking it away no one's taken away from total real cool but you cannot deny that the craft of the matrix is probably 
makes it stand out as what probably one of the best science fiction movies ever made. I mean, just let's talk about Bullet Time. I mean, just that alone. And it's one of those things that's so iconic that you can't you can't put it in anything else without anybody going. That's the Matrix. I have to go with my gut on this, and it. And I, I, I hate that I still feel like I'm picking on Bam. Are you going to do me dirty again? I feel like I'm doing you dirty, but I'm going to have to give Total Recall uh, the one point. No, no, no. This is this is. I don't know what it is, but it's something. I I, I think Total Recall is great, but this. I, I mean, I I just don't feel like I see things in it that are a standout and as memorable as I do in both Empire and in The Matrix. And I think that the, the, the different things to compare with Empire and The Matrix, but I personally have to go with the fact that I think that I'm going to give Empire Strikes Back 2 and The Matrix 3, because I think there's no weak link in The Matrix. There's nothing in it that feels like it hasn't stood the test of time. And I think there's some things that are charming in both Empire Strikes Back and in Total Recall, but in The Matrix, What's it feels like link? it's... In in Empire Strikes Back, what is it? I think there's. I think it's weird now, especially when we look at it and we go, "Oh, he went, he went back and replaced things with CGI, and it's okay. difficult to separate." Yeah. And it's and it's that's hard sometimes. And I know that's not a, a purist way of looking I at Star Wars. I just ignore it. I don't. I know <laughs> but that's it. It's like I, I you, the fact that you have to put on blind blinders, <laughs> and, and even even sometimes some of the, the 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 script in in those early Star Wars movies feels clunky to me, and it feels like a. a, a something that's been honed in on later, which is why I didn't mind The Force Awakens retreading old grounds because it felt like it sharpened up some of the stuff that I had a problem with. As I said, not a massive Star Wars fan, somebody that's learned to like it over time. But The Matrix is something that stands out to me as something that is just a work of... It's just masterful in terms of like its action, its sci-fi, the horror elements in it as well. Mm. The music's incredible. The cinematography broke new ground. It's something, like I said earlier, could be parodied. Every scene of it is memorable. Mm. Every performance is incredible. I think it's all 10 out of 10. So that's my feeling on craft and bam I'm so sorry hey you should be don't apologise to me apologise to Arnie when you see him that's a different story I don't think I dare yeah (laughs) round five is cultural impact and this is the last round your last chance to impress me and bag a few points so this one is going to be about how has this film stood the test of time how has it influenced other films how has it influenced film in general what is it about your movie that has bled into pop culture in a way that no other film has. And I'm going to start with The Matrix. Hannah, kick it off. Um, Oh, where do I begin? Um, You know, let's start with fight sequences and the choreography. I mean, that set a new standard of what can be achieved in action films. You know, you do not... All the fight sequences, all the kind of dedication, the choreography, the, the, you know, I love is like, I know Kung Fu. Yay, yeah, he does. Like, I mean, that's just it, isn't it? Like, a lot of the Matrix is just quotes. Like, like, every quote. Yeah, I mean, and and they're not even like that. And I think a good quote is something that doesn't seem to be, doesn't have to be overwritten. You know, it's something as simple as, I know Kung Fu. But I think, you know, the way, the fact that they did it... I think the fact that they did it, they showed that actually actors can do that. They can put the training in, you know, and I think you look at pretty much action food movies since then, you know, it's kind of reestablished, like you said, like we said, wide shots, you know, we're seeing actual fight sequences. You can actually believe ability and seeing the power uh, and seeing what freedom of movement you can have and what you can bring to the table. I think the Matrix just absolutely nailed it with the waifu and all that jazz. I mean, bullet time, the the kind of uh, visual effects of it. The unrip off of unrip off unrip <laughs> piece of uh, piece of visual effects you yeah. cannot do that without 
somebody pointing at it and being like, you're ripping off the Matrix. No, absolutely. I mean, it's just, it was so groundbreaking and so shocking at the time. It's like, wow, I cannot believe I'm watching it. I feel that when you look at it in a new light, you're still learning new things from it. And actually, you know, if you think about the people who made it, you know, the Wachowskis are now Wachowski sisters, Lana and Lily now. And, you know, we have a new understanding of this film. It can still surprise us. Like now when you think about who was making it and you understand that there was actually you know, the transgender themes of it, the fact that, you know, Neo, you know, how you could say that someone having a rebirth and actually their dead name is Mr. Anderson and Neo is their given name and the fact that, you know... He Mr. feels a- like he doesn't yeah. feel comfortable in his world. He doesn't feel comfortable in his world and, you know, I think there's there's so much about that that I think people... Ha- I mean, the fandom for my- Matrix, I would say, is as strong, probably not as toxic as Star Wars, but, like, I think the Matrix fandom is really there, um, and there's a celebration of it. And, you know, there's been, so, like, so many different kind of variations. There's been, you know, comic books, there's been cartoons, and we are getting a Matrix 4 as well. So, yeah, I think the Matrix is as uh, much of a sci-fi, has such much of a sci-fi legacy and cultural impact as any of your Star Wars films. Bam. What you got to say? Hey, look, I, to be honest, like, did Star Wars has won this round um, overall. But I'm just going to say this, yeah. In the realm of sci-fi, the way that this movie made you think about things has such a strong, lasting effect. So while it doesn't have the cultural impact, like because that's, like you know, pop culture, fan culture, but in sci-fi as a genre, this film opened the door for so much people to have such a way of thinking towards how they approach things. It's like one of the original solid twists like within the genre. And at the same time, you can watch it over three different times and come out with three different answers as to what you think actually what are your, went what down. Are your thinking? What are your, what are your thoughts about the ending? So like it's it's it for me it's like just as much as like inception where it's like look i will never know exactly what i think about this movie because on the one side of things it was all the total recall and it was just a dream to him on the other side of things he's completely woken up and he's free and he was the agent and all of that side of thing or there's a third where it's like maybe he was halfway in it and then he got lobotomized and then lived in the dream for the rest like there's so much like little parts in it that like absolutely change and this opened the door so massively for the sci-fi genre moving forward i mean you wouldn't like i'm saying like films that people hold in such a high regard like the matrix and inception like things like that and there's so much more as well like most like across the board if we're here to talk about the impact that this movie has had in sci-fi like it's it's got one of the strongest cases in my personal opinion. I know it doesn't matter. You can give me the one point now, um, but like yeah, like I think when you talk about the Matrix or you talk about um, Star Wars, a lot of those things end up going like cross genre and outwards, which is solid. But this is a movie that very much shaped the way of sci-fi for the remaining up till this point. I think um, something that I love that we keep talking about but that we haven't really had a discussion about yet is the fact that sci-fi is a really brilliant way of going into these otherworldly places but exploring very human moments and human concepts. So Mm. something like Total Recall and something like uh, The Matrix and Blade Runner and Ex Machina, like these films are exploring really human the, the human condition in, in, in many ways and yeah. things that we go through. Like, I think about Arrival as well, like the way that that's taking a really high concept but exploring the question of if you had the choice to do something again, knowing what the outcome would be, would you still do it? I always and, think it always gets lost though. You know, it's like 
something like Battlestar Galactica, right? Where they said that's a lot about the Iraq war and kind of invasion and stuff. And you, and you, you know, even June, that was kind of a lot of like the Middle Eastern kind of oil conflict is like in there. And I think some people see the science fiction and actually they can't, they have a cog, uh, like what is it? Cognitive dissonance. So mm -hmm. it's like, oh, look at these worlds. And they can't, and they can't understand that actually no this is inspired by real life but they don't want to imagine i mean you know what's so interesting about star wars it's like you know you think about how you think we're the good guys you think mm. we're the rebels actually okay wait this might be stepping <laughs> on my point wait wait sorry okay i'll i'll shut up but i just think like <laughs> like no this is my western, western audience who loves star wars you're not the rebels yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. well because this is what I th this is the thing like I, I can argue about you know it's the second biggest franchise in the world blah, blah blah I feel like we all know this stuff about how influential Star Wars has been materially in culture but I think just to I'm gonna take a bit of a risk and Go ahead. I, I'm gonna talk about like why why Star Wars is so important to me and I know I'm kind of talking about the franchise but I, Empire Strikes Back is, is such a great example of this it's because at the very very root of Star Wars like these are political films and this is the thing people always forget that but the the origins of star wars is that george lucas just trying to make apocalypse now <laughs> and he wanted to make it from the perspective of the Viet Cong, and the studio were like no <laughs> <laughs> no that's so funny you said that because apocalypse now was basically a copy and paste of heart of darkness joseph conrad mm. they just like copied and pasted it i was like let's do that in vietnam instead <laughs> and that's the thing and and so you can look at the, it's the 1973 draft of a new hope and i think it's like on the first page he literally spells out the rebels of the Viet Cong, <laughs> the empire is america yeah and and what i think is the brilliance of star wars and you see it in every movie you see it in empire strikes back you see it in the modern movies you see it in the tv show um or future shows it, it's always a constant in star wars is that it, it's coming from that like overtly political place of of the underdog versus the empire, but versus the sort of unstoppable force. And that's the stuff that always really, really moves me about Star Wars. It's not necessarily the Skywalker saga and Luke as the chosen one. Da, da, da. It's those just those amazing scenes when you see all the rebels coming together and, and you see like Han Solo, he's a smuggler and he steps up and yeah, he becomes a hero. Clarice, I totally get that. But just as a criticism of Star Wars, right? It takes mm. it so Viet Cong, it's like, why is everyone white? And why is anyone who's supposed to be like, a kind of well, um, bad yeah. person is that like let's talk about like the Tuscan Raiders who was the most absolutely problematic portrayal of what was supposed to be like the kind of North African Berbers inspired by that you know set in Tunisia like I think it's all good saying the politics but I think what's the problem with Star Wars is that why I mean I think someone's made a massive point about it back in when it came out it's like how is it in this world why why are there no black people there like why is it mm. white people why are women you know, wearing certain clothes. Like, why have we put, <laughs> why have we Apparently protecting George Lucas this said thing? there's no bras in Star yeah, Wars. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, or as space. much as it's trying to make these political points, maybe it doesn't hit because, you know, it's white people who are the good guys. Maybe if they actually had the white people and had people of color, like have Vietnamese or Southeast Asian, or, you know, they do it a bit more in the well, Mandalorian, the but like, like, it just feels yeah. like, yeah, it's like, so wait a second, why is the, why but is But we all the, know the answer, why well, there no, are white people why. in so the main like, roles. Yeah. And that's why it doesn't hit, I think, sometimes as hard those political points because you know we can't see we can't see the discrimination that it's trying to show right we're not we're not seeing the colonialism as mm. overtly as we see 
in the real world that has been in our established histories but yeah, yeah. I mean I think I get your point that it you don't see the like explicitness of the correlation between this is the Vietnam War but I think the re the fact that it is so popular and that people identify so strongly with the the characters and the fact at the women's march you know all those incredible placards of a woman's places in the resistance and the picture of leia with the gun and and you see you see mm. themes and elements from star wars being constantly picked up by political movements because and that's the thing and you're totally right and that is that is the problem with star wars is because you know partially just because of the period that it was mm. made in and and the reality of hollywood then like that was they're never going to go down and that's depressing and <laughs> that's why i've always been fighting for the sequels it's like you have the new star wars movies have the opportunity to fix that and yeah. they've been and doing they it kept in some ways trying and then they kept pulling back yeah. Yeah. i mean yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a whole different thing <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's the thing it, it's it's not so much the overtness of the 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 political message it's the feeling behind it and so yeah that's my that's my sort of outside like obviously we know all the the toys and the books yeah. and everything and how it like influenced every movie ever <laughs> but i think there there have also been like real world really positive uh you know pl implications from star wars it just i just love thinking about those placards of leia a woman's places in the resistance how cute is that I love so that. i think that there's no denying the cultural impact of Star Wars. I mean, Christopher Nolan's always talking about how, you know, there's no denying that, yes, I love 2001 A Space Odyssey, but also I love the Bond films and I love Star Wars and that's what has got me into making films. But I absolutely love Bam's passion and I think he's made some really, really good points. And actually, not to take away from what Hannah's done, but I think it's quite easy to, <laughs> uh, to argue about how good The Matrix is and how much of a cultural impact it's had and all the rest of it. But Total Recall, I think you've completely convinced me, Bam, that we wouldn't have The Matrix. We wouldn't have We're here to talk about sci-fi, you know? Yeah, that we wouldn't have certain things without, without it. So I'm pity points then, yeah? Pity Not points. at all. <laughs> Not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. I think that you've argued it super well. And I've been thinking about like, yeah, I mean, The Matrix has influenced me personally more. And I would say that it's something that I like more than I like Total Recall. But yeah, maybe it wouldn't exist. Maybe the ideas wouldn't be there if, if that film wasn't made. So I am going to go ahead and give Bam would. three no, points uh, wait, thank you. for Total Recall. Can and I I'm just say give... one thing? For, I, I, I'll, I'll I'm in the middle points, of giving points Grace. here. I'm just going to take those. But I just want to say, you at home, go watch The Matrix. Go watch Total Recall back to back. <laughs> They're both on Amazon Prime now, right? <laughs> Do that, yeah, and let me know if I'm wrong. There's no denying on modern cinema, The Matrix might be, I mean, you know, comparing it to Inception and everything, it, The Matrix might be the most influential piece of, uh, of, of cinema in our, in our generation. But I think it probably... The ideas are, are originally kind of explored in, in Total Recall. So I, I'm going to give Bam three points. And I'm going to follow it up with the obvious influence of, I, of Star Wars with I, two points. How did I not win this round? How did I not win this wrong? round? To the Matrix. What did I You're, do wrong? You didn't do anything wrong. This is just, <laughs> I, I, I think that... Star Wars! I know. This is it. It's, it's, this is it. I think Bam explained <laughs> the, the, the point of view of sci-fi really, really well. And I think it would be so easy to, to 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 give it to star wars because obviously there is a star wars land and you're right like everything under the sun has been influenced by it and anything that's got the label of star wars on it will get made and the matrix is just getting a sequel because it's the matrix but total recall was an original idea 
Take it, adapt it from a book, but yes, it's a, it's so it's an adapted screen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which never got a sequel because it wasn't good enough to get <laughs> a sequel. Because it was perfect as it is. The ideas within it within it have been explored in other mm. things, but and I think yeah. that 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 is you can't deny that. Let's take a look at the final scores. Total Recall is uh, eight points, and The Matrix and Empire Strikes Back are both neck and neck with twelve. Points. Oh, we got a tiebreaker again. See, this makes more sense to me of a neck and neck than Independence Day and Take Shelter. And I blame you that I blame you for that, Jack. I think actually. that's fine. I'm I've still I'm still very salty about that. Actually, <laughs> you won in the end. Yeah, but you made it very hard. Yeah, because I think Take Shelter is an excellent movie, and I'm not going to go it's down without a fight. Movie. You know so what? We're going to have to do a tie fight to find out who Wee. the winner is. Oh my god! We're going to yeah. play unbox the plot. Right. This is a a sci-fi movie obviously um, and you've got you've got four objects in here that are going to give you clues to what movie that i have picked bam you're allowed to play along as well i'm not saying that you're ex excluded oh. from this i'm gonna i'm gonna sit so back we've got to write it They're down, yeah, write it down. Oh. if i'm gonna give you more points the earlier that you guess okay okay and if you commit to a guess you cannot change your answer later okay here we Is go you're point? ready to <laughs> unbox the plot uh, where's okay. the theme tune please hannah unbox the plot um uh, i don't know there we go. Unbox the <laughs> plot. Can we wait? We'll do it again. Wait, yeah. Oh, yeah, we should do that. Unbox the plot. I think that's copyright strike. Yeah, the mouse will be after you. It was less than 30 seconds. Yeah. Here we go. Unbox the plot, aka the game that Bam apparently will never play. I'm playing right now, I know. am I not? We're <laughs> not, not to win. Right, okay, you ready? Okay, I'm so stressed. I don't think I'm good at this game. I'm going to start really vague. So this first one is for four points. Okay. What is it? Wait, let me do the math on that. The first one is the solar system. <laughs> okay, it takes place in what is space. It? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help at all. I knew I'd start with a oh, really, really... So nobody's going to get four points. I could know what it is, but yeah? I don't want to... Okay. It's how? It's space. <laughs> that was a bit of hey, a cheeky one. you don't one. know my mind. <laughs> are you, are you going to write down an answer? No, I'm not. I'm okay. going to be cautiously patient. Okay, you ready? Yeah. yeah. This is the next clue. Ah, a baby. A baby. A little doll. Um, I didn't get this, and also it's strange that it is nude. Oh, I think I know what it is. Okay, Hannah's putting down a guess. Are you committing mm -hmm. to an answer? Yeah. Okay, now put that, There's push so it away from babies. you. There's so many babies. There's so many babies in sci-fi. I mean, this could be. There could be any other number okay, of dumb. babies. Okay. Just put that there. All right. This is the third object. And we have a bone, a little plastic bone. Is there a bone in many sci-fi movies? Oh, I've oh, got it. I know what it is. I've got it. I've got it. I'm sorry, guys. I got it. <laughs> So you putting down a guess as well, yeah, yeah. Bam? Have you got a guess? No, because when I realised that if I, if I can't win, I'm not playing. All oh, right. <laughs> so, because right, technically, if I go on the four, I could be the winner, couldn't I not? If maths precedes us. I just don't know if they're going to let me do that. Oh, I well, see. Then it is rigged, isn't it? Go ahead. <laughs> do you want the final clue, or do you want to yeah, get your guesses? Okay, okay. The final clue. Let's see the final clue. Okay, hang on. <laughs> hang on, no, it's in here. Oh, I oh. thought that was the. <laughs> What is that? This is the sheet music for Daisy Bell. Okay, well, 
I think I've got it. Already. Yeah, okay. I think you've got to have it. If I have it, what clue did you write down, Hannah? I wrote it down with the baby. You wrote it down with the baby, so that yes. was clue number two. Clarice, when did you write yours down? I wrote it after, so I think you've won. Okay, so it seems like hit me, won. Hannah. What do you think this movie is? There you go. 2001 Space Odyssey. Correct. Yes. Uh, just to confirm, that is also what I wrote dun, down. Dun, 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 I just, there's dun, dun. a lot of babies. It, I, it, you I know. thought the baby would be quite a nice the vague one, one but you like, clicked quite babies. quite quickly. I was like, I think I knew it was the first one. I was like, okay, this is like our solar system. So it's our planet. I was thinking planet, but there's nine planets. Like, mm. And if we're going to yeah. talk about the most influential sci-fi film of all time, it yeah, is but, 2001 A Space Odyssey. But can I Not get, to be a wanker about it. I but don't like it. Ooh. <laughs> uh, my unpicked, yeah, sorry. The Matrix is the best sci-fi movie of all time. Two. According to us, and uh, especially to Hannah, who is our second winner in a row. So I will hand you now, Yay! for the second time, the Screen Test Award through oh, Space Oh, it's so amazing. Wow. Oh. Look at that. <laughs> How oh, did you do that? I'll have to. I, so I've got one on my toilet seat, and now I've got one on the cistern. On top. Nice. Now I need like a third one for like. In the sink. The, yeah, the sink. Yeah, you guys are cool with that. I'll let you borrow it. I'll let it. I'll, I'll rent you. it out on a weekly <laughs> Thank basis. Thank you. <laughs> Next week I'll be back with Clarice, but we'll be joined by Joe from the Cyber Nerds, and we'll be discussing all the best things about US TV drama. I'll see you then. Bye. Bye.